Good morning. Let's move right into our scriptures. Friends, um, we are told um, Jesus sent 72 disciples, 72 others. Um, and he, um, if you want to know what the number, because some folks always want to, what does that number mean? What does the number mean? Well, you can go to Genesis 10 and Numbers chapter 11, 16, and you will find why that number 72 is being used. But for my homily, um, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, my friends, but uh, Jesus does something. He sends them out, the others, um, issuing a set of instructions, and very rigid ones, too. And I think, well, I probably shouldn't complain as a priest in 2019 after reading what Jesus said to these. Um, but he tells them, bring no money bag, no sack, no sandals. And in an earlier version... He says to his apostles, remember, uh, these 72 are not the apostles. The apostles are still with him. He's sending out others. But he also says to the apostles, in addition to no money bag, no sack, no sandals, uh, he tells them no walking stick and no food. Luke 9, 3. Friends, um, to walk along the difficult paths, roads of uh, ancient Palestine without a staff or stick, for balance and support, uh, the person would run the risk of a sprained ankle, uh, perhaps even worse, a broken one. Traveling through the open country where wild animals still roamed um, about without a staff uh, to scare off or to stave off those predators uh, would be very life-endangering. And we also know from the scriptures that the Palestinian roads that uh, those others were going to be on were often beset with robbers and people who wanted to perpetrate violence. Um, and we know this from the story of the Good Samaritan, found in Luke 10.30. A traveler without a stick to defend themselves was um, sitting ducks, if you will. Traveling without money, without food, left one's uh, livelihood or sustenance, uh, to the kindness of strangers, something that certainly would cause me anxiety, and I'm sure it caused them, the 72, anxiety. And journeying without shoes, because Jesus said, don't take any sandals with you. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what's, what is that all about. Uh, why in the world would Jesus put such restrictions on these disciples? Um, so... Uh, looking at it, he did so precisely to cast the early church's missionary effort in the light of a prophetic sign. If those he commissioned arrived safely at their destinations without any of these items necessary uh, for such a journey, it would be a sign to that town and villages that God was prospering or God's favor was with these men. Um, it would also serve as a subtle yet powerful reminder uh, to the disciples themselves that any success they enjoyed um, in their mission was given to God's intervention. And uh, the scripture scholars to put that forth, I can buy that. I, I, I accept that. What other choice do I have? Uh, because nothing else makes sense besides that. So, um, and Jesus sums up. Um, the situation very perfectly, uh, the image of him sending out disciples as lambs among the wolves. 
In effect, um, he is telling them that he is sending them uh, out with any natural defenses into a very hostile environment. And uh, to people of faith, um, the clear implication is that God would protect them and provide for them and prosper them in the mission that was given to his son. And um, it is also an indirect reference uh, to the fulfillment of a prophecy given by Isaiah. It's kind of an odd way of looking at it, but there Isaiah foresaw uh, the messianic time um, when the wolf would lie with the lamb uh, and the panther would lie down with, uh, uh, well, a baby goat, but I think the word is kid, but I didn't want people to <laughs> get confused. <laughs> so baby goat, we'll use baby goat. Um, and the calf uh, would graze with the lion. This is Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. Um, also something that I posed to our professors in the seminary. And uh, they said, oh, it simply uh, reinforces the theme of urgency. Nothing is to get in the way. And no tasks, no chores, these other things are not to get in the way. Go directly uh, to where I tell you to go and preach the good news. With the kingdom of God breaking forth upon the world in the person of Jesus, there was no time for chit-chat. <laughs> the good news must be proclaimed to all. Uh, and as the British say, straight away, straight away. <laughs> I saw it in a movie. <laughs> Today's gospel. <laughs> Today's gospel detailing the missioning of the 72 disciples reminds us uh, that um, in his own earthly time, and this is crucial, when Jesus of Nazareth walked the earth in his time, he depended on more than just the 12 that he had chosen to walk with him uh, to spread the good news of the kingdom of God. The situation remains the same today. Our Lord needs the help of more than just the ordained clergy, bishops, priests, deacons, and consecrated men and women, uh, or the professional religious uh, that we see on TV, the TV evangelists. Uh, um, we need more. Jesus needs more than that. So, through your baptism, our Lord calls each of you to spread the good news as disciples of Jesus Christ by the love we show God and neighbor, that scripture, will help others to understand and to experience God's love in their life and his desire to have them become full-fledged members of his family and of the church. And my friends, um, when the scriptures put forth Jesus speaking about something and they throw it in twice, that is your cue, as I've been teaching you, to take notice. Two times, a very odd statement comes up. Eat whatever they put in front of you. Now, I joked and I said, when I go to a person's home and they put cauliflowers or... <laughs> I will eat it, but I will not like it. <laughs> but um, so is Jesus saying, uh, be nice and just eat it? No, something else is happening. Uh, this is not just about politeness when you go to dinner. It is actually, remember, there was a very big problem uh, in the early church. 
uh, when it came to Gentiles and Jews. Remember, the Jews said the Gentiles have to become Jewish in order to become Christian. And that meant the dietary laws. So there was a huge fight about that. And Paul uh, brings up something in our second reading, and I'll, I'll go back to that. But um, there were strict dietary laws for Jews. Um, and it's interesting because Jesus says, just eat what's put in front of you. So um, such considerations are not to be a matter of concern for the disciples. Just eat it. And remember, pork was bad, 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 bad to the Jewish people at that time. I don't have a problem with it. You put a plate of spares in front of me, and good luck trying to get that plate back. <laughs> but you see, uh, something else is going on. And um, you have to remember that the gospel was written, this gospel was written after they had settled all the matter. And uh, that was uh, resolved at the Council of Jerusalem. You can go to Acts 15. They resolved it. And yet, uh, we see it come back up again. And therefore, um, there's something else being said to us. And here's what I believe is being told to us, that we contemporary Christians, uh, with all the different denominations of Christian churches, uh, we need to be careful about uh, putting forth such silliness. If Jesus is saying, don't worry about the food, forget about that pork thing, just eat what's put in front of you, don't let that divide you. Don't let that be a problem. And we hear St. Paul say, circumcision, non-circumcision, let it go. That isn't important. We Christians today also have to, there are some things uh, that are solid that we can't move from, but there are other things that make divisions just so stupid. St. Paul would say, forget about it. Not that. That's just trivial. You know, that they were green, you were, let it go. So there's a very important teaching just right there alone. Um, and it makes one wonder if some existing differences between the Christian churches are necessarily church divide work. <laughs> there we go. I've explained most of it. There's much more, but I have to stop because Michelle Heitzman is going to come up and talk to us about discipleship. And she's going to talk to us about uh, our youth program uh, and uh, a little bit about the confirmation program uh, because uh, the bishops have changed the age to 12. <laughs> there we go. Come on up, Michelle. <laughs>